This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3RRR-FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with Bridie Cotter and Tom Gaunt. Bridie and Tom are the duo behind Kinsfolk Farm in Moriac. They joined me to talk about their regenerative farming practices that they've built across many years, starting out in an urban gardening or kitchen garden context, now into a highly productive organic farm. They share their tips and tricks, which are featured in their new pocket card guide to kitchen gardening. It's called Home Harvest. It is my true pleasure and delight to welcome two amazing people onto the show who I'm obsessed with, and they are Bridie Cotter and Tom Gaunt. And I say that because not only do I think they are the ideal couple, I just feel like they're just people to look up to when you see such a brilliant team that works together professionally, but also they truly grow the most amazing vegetables and produce. And uh, I can't wait to talk about their farming practices, which certainly employ regenerative farming practices, those that we might have talked about previously with Charlie Massey on the show, and also the produce that Bridie and Tom grow as part of Kinsfolk Farm out of Moriac. They are organic as well. So I can't wait to talk about that, but also to talk about their debut release through Hardy Grant. It's technically a pocket card guide, so it's not necessarily in bound form, but it's actually better that way because it means that you get to learn about gardening and the different types of vegetables that you might be growing using this really handy card guide, which is very accessible and very tactile as well. So we're going to be talking about that and getting some insights and tips from Bridie and Tom about how to have your own kitchen garden inspired by Kinsfolk Farm and the great approach that you guys have there. So I welcome onto the program now, Bridie Cotter. Hi there, Bridie. Hi, Amy. So excited to be here. Thanks My for having pleasure. us. Very excited to have you. Thank you. And hi there, Tom Gaunt. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. Great to have you both. And really, it's so wonderful to get a chance to have you on the show. I know that you listen to the show and it's really my honour that such brilliant people do listen, and I know there are so many listening now who would fall into that category. I have had a chance to eat your produce and go to Torquay Farmers Market and see how brilliant it is uh, and beautiful looking, and it tastes just as great. So I wanted to understand the backstory of your lives now as farmers out at Kinsfolk Farm in Moriac and how it came to be, because really you guys were kind of triple R heartland types, you know, living in the city, Bridie in music and Tom in design. A lot of people would certainly identify with those types of career trajectories, those listening, but they're also very passionate about their gardens. I can tell you that from listener feedback. So could you tell us a little bit about your story of how you came to be, how Kinsfolk Farm came to be? Thanks, Amy. Yes, you're very correct in the fact that our story and our beginnings as reference to becoming farmers, it's pretty roundabout. And yeah, we were definitely in the thick of um, living in the north of Melbourne and in the music scene and in the design scene and the party scene. (laughs) And um, yeah, we were and still are triple R tragics. 
yeah, so I guess the beginnings came when I started working in a, a big organic grocery store in Northcote whilst living with Tom and two of our best mates in Northgate around the corner and I was studying music performance in the city at VCA and was trying to start a bit of a, a, a music career and really enjoying that and, and I absolutely loved studying music. I was a singer, I am a singer and it's a huge part of me but um, I was also found that I had this interest in, in food and good quality food um, because it tasted so good and then you often found out about how there is a story behind some of the amazing produce that we had access through that the grocery store I was working in, but also we were getting a veggie box from someone who was picking it up from Dalesford, a farm in Dalesford. Tom and I were getting that fortnightly. So the, our interests really peaked around that time, discovering, yeah, that like a small-scale farm food scene and how that impacts community, impacts personal health and the environment. And, um, and that coincided with the time that Tom and our housemates and I, well, it was mainly Tom and his mate, Justin, hey, Justin, Steph, started growing food in the backyard of our share house. And we got some chickens in the backyard, two of which turned out to be roosters. And we had to do something with that, <laughs> which was a learning curve as well. But yeah, we started growing in the backyard and then Tom and I moved to our own place and continued that. Tom turned pretty much this small East Brunswick duplex front and back garden into a bit of a food forest. It was just a rental. We were only there for one year, but it didn't matter. He put in all this time and effort to grow beautiful veg because we just wanted to, to see how you could do it. And I think it became infectious. And yeah, from there, Tom, you, you might want to continue chatting um, about how, yeah, Tom started working for an edible gardens company in Melbourne and did a PDC, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, I did that through um, milkweed permaculture. And that sort of really, I guess, gave me a kickstart into wanting to dive deeper, really. And then at that point, we were really just itching to get out of Melbourne and we'd always have a love for the, for the surf coast down here. Bridie grew up in Geelong and I'd spent sort of my summer holidays down in um, Fairhaven. So we, yeah, just made the decision to, I guess, jump ship and head down to the coast. And we lived in, in Geelong for a couple of years, sort of while we were finding our feet and I managed to land a job at a restaurant kitchen garden down in Berigara. And that sort of was my first first foray into, I guess, a large-scale edible garden. So that was sort of, I guess, my, you could call it apprenticeship and sort of learned on the job by listening to many podcasts and looking at many YouTube videos. And and then I guess at the same time, um, there sort of started to be this groundswell of the small-scale market gardening scene in Australia sort of had taken off in the States and Canada and Europe for, for a while. But yeah, we just became, I guess, pretty obsessed with it at that point and wanted to learn more and do more. So um, we made the decision after going to 
the Torquay farmers market and other farmers markets in the area, we realised that there wasn't any local organic veg growers bringing their veg and herbs to market. And so there was this sort of big gap and we sort of said to ourselves that why don't we give this a crack? And I'd sort of learned enough by then and Bridie was also working at some um, market gardens in the area which were growing a little bit. So we sort of just um, plunged into it and we, before we started, we drove up to the coast of um, Eastern Australia and visited a few farms, a few market gardens that had been doing it for a few years and had some good chats with them and then headed down back down to to um, the surf coast and yeah we started the farm back in the spring of 2016. Gosh it's so exciting to think that you know you can start out in the inner city essentially in you know the northern parts of Melbourne creating a garden like that in a rental and then you're now working on your own farm it did make me think about the tenants who might take over that house that you left with them and whether they would be the luckiest tenants in the world to, to inherit a garden like we that. Did, um, we did manage to get back there at some stage, like a few, I'm not sure how long it was after we after we left, but we'd planted the whole front garden out with, I think it was winter veg. Yeah. And we got back there and it was, you know, a metre high of broad beans, the front wow. fence and Romanesco broccoli and climbing peas and it was just I think they would have been pretty happy. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I was also really interested in what you were saying about this idea of, you know, growing local and people being able to access organic local vegetables. It's it really is something that I think we're quite spoilt in Melbourne. You know, you'd go to the Carlton farmers markets and those organic farmers from Dalesford or Ballarat would be coming to you. You know, they travel a very long distance to come into the city and sell their produce to you. Whereas now out in the surf coast and the Ballerine and Geelong, we are quite lucky and we're very lucky to have Kinsfolk Farms. And I know that, you know, you go to Torquay Farmers Market and Aries as well when that's happening on a Sunday. What are some of the things that you've learned building a farm that clearly has to grow at a decent size scale to be able to bring produce to the market every week. And how did that differ to your approach when you were doing it in your backyard? Well, I guess what what didn't we learn? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the scale thing and what to bring to market and what to plant and how often it's an ever-evolving conundrum and lesson but I think we we definitely feel like we have come so far it's our seventh summer this summer just gone although we're apparently still in summer um <laughs> but yeah I think that 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 is probably the hardest thing in terms of scale and supply and demand but I guess Tom could speak to this a little bit more but we are getting it down to a finer art. Things change constantly. We are really lucky to have a very regular and supportive customer base, especially at the Torquay Farmers Market. And I think that's, uh, well, not purely, but a huge part due to the fact that it's a weekly market and that Torquay is the type of community because it's just large enough um, but just small enough to feel like a smallish town that they really get behind people who they 
develop a relationship with in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the customer um, relationship we have with so many of our regular customers we feel is quite special and we feel really connected to our community. But, yeah, growing vegetables outside is hard and uh, but it's a, it's a part of the fun, I guess, mm. depending on your mood of the day. But I guess Tom could speak to that a little bit more. Tom? Yeah, well, going from, as you said, a, a, a backyard to acreage was a pretty, obviously, big step. But we, so we started on a site which was about an acre overall. So, you know, in our first summer, we were growing on about an eighth an acre and we sort of doubled each year. So second year was a quarter. And then in terms of growing space, we went up to half an acre and very quickly outgrew that Um you know, when you think about having to rotate your crops and transition into into new seasons from summer into winter, we found ourselves having to end our summer crops very quickly and just so we can get our winter crops in time. So we had been at that site for five years. So in the winter of 2021, we moved sites just down the road, luckily, to a more permanent and much larger site. We're about five acres now. So it's enabled us to not only sort of grow more vegetables, but just grow as a business overall. We can now incorporate perennial crops and or, yeah, native crops as well. So um, basically creating more of a biodiverse property and also incorporating, most importantly, some cover crops between seasons which allows our soil to to rest and recover and just being able to feed our soil with a mix of biodiverse species is really important to us um, and not just bringing in you know compost or organic fertilizers yeah we just think it's a really important step that we can now take for the years to come so yeah we sort of found that we're now almost had a really fresh start this new new space and yeah really starting to enjoy it and we can now see that we can grow you know we're usually sort of in the height of summer um up to about 30 to 40 different varieties but now we sort of can push that um even further and yeah we're really excited for the future yeah well it does remind me when i was speaking to charlie massey you know soil seemed to be such a crucial component for obvious reasons, given that you're growing this produce in that soil, it needs to be cared for and also the broader ecology. And I know that you've really focused on that as well on the farm. And this is also kind of a crucial strategy for people even at home is to focus on the plants that surround the vegetable crops and thinking about how you put together your garden. So I wonder if we could use that as a starting off point when we're thinking about our own kitchen garden, but also looking at your practices, how might they inform a much smaller scale local gardener? How might we still draw inspiration from practices that are regenerative and organic? So soil, no matter where you're growing or how you're growing plants, but especially, well, from our experience, I guess, to do with food plants, edible plants, Soil should be your number one focus because um, whether it be in pots 
um, in garden beds or, you know, in a big piece of land like we have acreage, your soil is what feeds the plants. You can definitely use water-soluble fertilisers and that's what, you know, hydroponic systems are completely built off. But we believe that if you've got strong, if you've got soil that is full of microbes which eat on organic matter that is broken down, which is plant matter, it builds humus, humus sequesters carbon, humus becomes stable soil and it holds life. And so growing plants from humus, from soil, they're able to build you know, deeper taproots and, and bring up all that nutrients. They incorporate mycelium as a part of the underground networks. I mean, it's it's beautiful and it's crazy. We don't know really anything about soil, especially us something we both love to learn a lot more about. But if your plants above the ground are expressing happiness <laughs> and, you know, a, this thing called plant expression, which is, you know, deep green, good plant expression, deep green colour, vibrancy, they're strong, their stalks are strong and they don't seem to be getting smashed by the pests or disease, it generally means that your soil is, you know, up to scratch. It generally means that you're looking after your soil, you're feeding your soil, you're feeding the plants back into your soil, organic matter, letting your soil aerate and obviously watering it enough, but resting as well. Yeah, treating your soil like it is the basis of life, plant life, and I guess human life as well. So... Yes, you can definitely buy in soil to start off um, kitchen gardens and, and, and backyard gardens. If we're going back to our deck of cards, we suggest that you can grow anywhere really if you've got a little bit of sun and a little bit of space. You know, you can grow the leafy greens and your herbs in pots, whether they be big or, or small or wicking pots. If you've got good soil and depth of soil, and you're happy to learn day by day. You can you can grow yummy, nutritious veggies without having to add much to them quite easily. And mm. it's and it's and it's fun and it's interesting and it tastes good. I was just yeah. thinking because we bought your carrots for Christmas among other things. And when we roasted them, we thought, oh God, I'm so glad we didn't put honey on these because they didn't need honey. They had their natural sugars and it was the most rich, beautiful carrot I've had in forever. You know, it just made me appreciate just how special it is to either grow your own food or buy it from people like yourselves, Bridie and Tom. And I know that at the market, you know, we talk about, or we did speak about Bridie, your spirit vegetable Uh, Mm -hmm. which is the carrot. And I wondered, given that there are so many cards in this deck of cards and there are so many amazing tips and tricks in here, do you have any favourites that you want to share with us that, you know, it's either your spirit vegetable or you think it's Mm -hmm. particularly tricky and you want people to know what to do? Because I know that for me, coriander has always been the biggest challenge. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention something quickly and I'll give Tom a chance as well but I guess yeah if we were talking about my spirit vegetable which is the carrot I think I've just loved 
being able to have the opportunity to put in these cards and to give to people who are inquisitive and want to know more about growing um, or even just little cooking tips, just putting in tiny little bits of knowledge that we hope will give people the confidence to at least give it a try and then try time and time again because often that's what you have to do. So with the carrot card, um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm pretty sure I would have said carrots just need more space than you would expect to grow because you generally plant them directly, the seeds, which is called um, direct seeding. They just need more space so they can stretch out width-wise and stretch out length-wise and deep, um, dig their deep roots into friable soil. So your soil needs to be light, aerated, but not necessarily super rich, and they just need space. So, yeah, direct seeding your carrots, you can seed them fairly thickly, but once they germinate, once their little cotyledon leaves pop up, if you can see that they're, you know, not going to have much room to stretch out like you know, the size of your index finger lengthwise and um, widthwise, then, you know, you can pull some of those out. But, yeah, just the little Mm. um, quick tips that hopefully people go, okay, I'll just give it a try and I'll look for that and hopefully they'll get the confidence to try it again because you invariably have to keep trying to get it better. That's so helpful. I wish we knew that before we tried carrots. Next time, (laughs) Amy. (laughs) You can always hope for the next season. Yeah, that's very true. I, I appreciate that, Bridie. And Tom, do you have any favourites? Yeah, we, we're big fans of Italian food um, in particular. What's called, well, there's a few names for it, but chiminarapa or broccoli rap mm. or rapa, which is basically translates to turnip top. So it's a very standard and basic vegetable that is used widely in, in Italy. But we um, certainly do like bringing some different things to the market and it does take a bit of time for people to I guess love them but yeah a bit of veg- bit of vegetables are some of our favorites so um, chiminarapa and also radicchio and chicories which thrive sort of in the cooler seasons so now's a really good time to plant both of them because it does take as I guess we move closer to autumn we've got some cooler nights so it does take a bit of time for them to establish themselves but yeah, radicchio in particular is sort of called, I guess, the rose of vegetables. You've got some stunning varieties and variegated varieties that sort of come originate from different areas of Italy. So um, yeah, like the Castelfrancos, Tioggias, Roses and Treviso. If you grow like a, a multiple amount of them and, and throw them together in a salad, it is Honestly, the most stunning salad you'll produce. Uh, and, yeah, and the, and the broccoli rab or chimichurri is just such a tasty and nutritious green that is just beautiful with, like, an orichetti pasta or just as a side dish itself mixed with garlic and olive oil. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those two are certainly a couple of my favourites. I'm so intrigued by them. I haven't yet bought them, but I did see on your website there are recipes for different vegetables, so I feel like I might be able Mm -hmm. to take the plunge. And also you can check out Kinsfolk Farm's Instagram because you also show how to cook with them yourselves, which is really great too. We have run out of time, but I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you both 
for putting together this deck of cards because you're really giving us such a unique insight into the things that you've spent years learning and perfecting and observing. And we've now got access to that in this set of cards and it's a very special thing to have. So thank you for putting such amount of time and passion and effort into that and also into your farming and vegetables. And I really do hope that people check it out. It's called Home Harvest, Your Pocket Card Guide to Kitchen Gardening, which is out through Hardy Grant Books. A big thank you to you both, Bridie Cotter and Tom Gaunt of Kinsfolk Farm. Thanks so much for having us, Amy. We're massive fans of your show and the whole of Triple R. We really admire you. So thanks so much. We really appreciate it and had fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you both. I love you both too. Make sure you say hi to them at the Torquay Farmers Market on a Saturday morning or if the Aries Inlet Market is also running on a Sunday, head on down there and you can check out Kinsfolk Farm on the Instagram or on their website, which has all the details of this pocket card guide as well. I'm Amy Mullins and you've been listening to the Uncommon Sense podcast. Uncommon Sense is a radio show broadcast on 3RRR FM in Melbourne every Tuesday between 9am and 12pm.